Welcome to Christ Church. The following is a homily from our Sunday morning gathering in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Enjoy. Right, we Thanksgiving is over and we're ready as a culture to hop right back into Christmas. And if we're honest with ourselves, Hallmark has been playing Christmas movies for almost two months now. This time of Advent in the church year comes as a gift in which it feels a little disjointed because we have rushed already to waiting and getting ready for Christmas. And the church says, slow down, wait, wait in hope, wait in expectation. Advent properly, Advent traditionally is not so much about the birth of Jesus, but Advent is about awaiting the coming of Christ the second time. Episcopalians are not known for people who often talk about the second coming. And yet it is intertwined throughout our liturgy, our worship, and our prayers. Probably the Eucharistic prayer that we say the most talks about Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. So it's there, we're just not really sure what to do with it. And partly, I think, that is because in our wider religious culture, the second coming of Christ is something that is a production of fear rather than a moment of hope. Pope Gregory the Great in the 5th or 6th century talked about Advent as a time in which we wait for Christ's coming and his judgment, and it was an ominous time. The season of Advent was a time in which people traditionally fasted. Our Orthodox brothers and sisters still observe this fast. For six weeks before Christmas, they abstain from the things that bring joy, all the things that we are going to enjoy in copious amounts in the next month. St. Bernard of Clairvaux, who was a great monastic reformer, added to this and he says, yes, but Christ has already come at his birth and the moment of joy in our lives. Bernard reminded us that Christ comes to us each time in the sacrament in which we receive Jesus' body and blood. And yes, we wait. We wait for his second coming in which the world will be made right. Kind of mixing some um, American uh, religious with sort of our spiritual fervor in which we um, often had sort of a revivalist notion of faith. We went around and we warned people about the dangers of sin. And the only way that you knew that you were not sinning was as if you were leaving, leading a good life. And so there was all of this pressure placed upon moralism as our religious identity. And many of us can't even seem to get through a 30-minute block of time without doing something we know we shouldn't do. So are we supposed to live our lives in constant fear that Jesus might come back and there's that thing that I just did that I know that I shouldn't do? Or should we live in hope? Writing of Isaiah that we heard today, some have called the prophet Isaiah the fifth gospel, talks about this coming of God in which God is going to arbitrate the disputes among people. 
That God is going to, to, to that the, the people, when, they, when God comes in, the people are going to turn their weapons um, into to mechanisms for growing food. That the nations are no longer going to learn war. Sounds like a hopeful vision, one that I want to live in. So why would Christ's coming be something that we should fear? Even St. Paul in his letter to the Romans today, he says, yes, it's night, but it's the dawn of night, right? There's something a little bit different than the night that happens at night versus the moment just before daybreak when the sun begins to rise, a moment of hope and a moment of joy. Fleming Rutledge, in reflecting upon this Advent season, says that for many years, it seems like we were supposed to live this time in Advent in which we are supposed to pretend that Jesus hasn't been born so we can experience the joy of Christmas. But she says that really this is an invitation for us to reflect and think about the ways in which the world is not right, the ways in which we know that we need God to arbitrate, the ways in which we know that we need to stop learning war and violence as ways of being, and to live in the hope of Jesus' coming and Jesus' reign. So in this Christmas season, we don't have to be the Advent police in the liturgical church. We don't have to go around and shame people for listening to Christmas music or watching a Christmas movie. We don't have to sit there and guilt people about going to a Christmas party. But can we find a way to invite into this time a time of hope and a time of waiting and reflecting upon the ways in which the world is not right? Can we make room for Jesus? Can we make room for the darkness? Someone suggested that maybe as we watch our Hallmark movies in which everything works out just fine, maybe we should pair it with a movie like Terms of Endearment. Maybe we should realize that sometimes all of our hopes for joy are just masking the ways in which we feel pain. And no Christmas candy or no Hallmark movie will be the balm that will soothe a hurting soul. As Christians, we believe that Jesus is that healer. So we find in Matthew's gospel, in this time in which we are so joyous, this strange and ominous word from Matthew. Be watch, be aware, be careful. It's like the days of Noah in which suddenly people were there and then people weren't. And Matthew in his gospel does not seem to be, his point is not primarily we need to spend our lives in, in constant tension and worry, but rather we need, to be real, we need to realize that Christ's coming is a real thing, but we shouldn't become so burdened by it that we forget to live. I remember as I got older in high school, my parents would let me stay home for a weekend by myself or maybe a couple of days in the middle of the week. My dad traveled um, a lot and my mom would sometimes go with him. And there was that moment of freedom in which um, as a 16-year-old, I didn't, my parents were saying, oh, you, maybe you don't need a babysitter anymore. And I um, sort of lived a sad high school life, so I promise you nothing uh, too crazy went down. But it was always this sort of fear, like when they came home, is everything going to be the way that it should be? 
And maybe that's kind of the way that we live, excited for, um, for, for Christ's arrival, but just have some tension there, like maybe there are some things that Christ is going to call us on. This Matthew passage that we hear today from Matthew 24 sort of reads as a three-act play in which it begins with Jesus telling a story about God's enduring love. That no matter what happens in the world, the one thing that we can hold on to is that God's love is steadfast and cannot be changed. But in the midst of that story of love, false prophets and false teachers will come. And so the second act is a way of discerning between what are the real prophets and the real teachers versus those who are leading us astray. Which brings us to the passage that we heard today in which the message just is, keep awake, be alert, be watchful, be waiting, to live prepared. To live, as Robert Brown Taylor says, to be caught up in life and not put off of life. She says that we need to be a people who refuse to live yesterday over and over again and rather live for today and live for tomorrow and to live in hope. Because the task as Christians is not to learn to read the signs, no matter what the TBN television preacher has to tell you, but rather our task is to endure the signs and know that our hope lies in God And know that our deliverance will come and it's a joyous moment. Here's a fun fact for you. Joy to the world is an Advent hymn. It is not a Christmas hymn. It is sung in Christmas most commonly, but it is really about the joy of welcoming the king who is going to come back. To arbitrate between the nations The king who will come in which we will learn war no more, that we will rely on violence no more, but rely on the hope and love of God who is steadfast and remains. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more, go to ChristChurchTulsa.org and peace be with you.